Hello everyone and welcome to this edition of the All The Anime Podcast. It is Friday the 8th of May. I'm Jeremy Graves and I am joined as per usual by the one and only Mr. Andy Hanley. Hello everybody. I'm, I'm just going to say right up front, if I sound distracted at all during this podcast, it's because the next door neighbor's little kid is blowing bubbles and I'm I, I'm just like having a rejuvenated childhood here just watching bubbles right around. It's, it's a lot of fun. This is going to be a dumb question to ask now. How are they creating bubbles? Is this just like from like a little pot with like a tiny stick that you're blowing through? Or is this just like a giant tennis racket that somehow makes bubbles? I mean, there are a lot of them. I can't actually see from here. So I'm going to kind of like probably break everything by standing up to do it. I can't, yeah, I can't quite <laughs> see. They're just, they're just out of, out of eye shot. So yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Like, I mean, if, if they're doing it just by blowing it through like a little thing, they've got a lot of breath because there are a lot of bubbles around. <laughs> so I'm assuming there is some kind of, some kind of aid or, or, or mechanical thing involved that is making this easier for them. Or there's like 10 people doing it and it turns out they're all just having a big house party and breaking rules and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, hopefully, hopefully not. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna break rules and have a house party at this point, is a bubble party the way to go? I mean, right now we're like watching bubbles floating past my window. I'm gonna say yes, but that might might just be recency bias in, in my on my part. I mean, the thing about bubbles as well is like they they always look cool until they pop in your face, and then because of the all like the liquid and all the substances in there, your face just kind of feels a bit sticky, like if you spilt like like something from a can of coke on your hand. Yeah, or, or worse, it gets in your eye. Like that's that's always the the true nightmare. I mean, it, like when I was uh, out in Japan a few years ago, we were walking through. I forget where it was. Um, I think it was maybe like Harajuku Way, maybe. And there was some. There, there was a big park, and somebody had like you know big kind of industrial bubble blower, basically, and like <laughs> just having a really fun time just walking through the sea of bubbles. Like this is. This is really kind of great, like, idyllic, like, this would make a good music video kind of thing. And then one popped in my eye, and then I decided I didn't like it quite so much. <laughs> and that concludes your bubble minute. <laughs> it's just in terms of processing that, it's like, it's both, like, a great, like, story of remembering your holiday, and then you're like, oh, yeah, but that hurt. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, like, like so many holiday stories, there's some kind of sting in the tail, I'm afraid. There's always a butt somewhere, or in this case, a pop. (laughs) So folks, thank you very much for checking out the podcast. If you are a first-time listener, welcome to the show. If you're unfamiliar with us, we are from All The Anime. We are the UK's largest independent distributor of Japanese animation on home video, digitally, and when the world allows it once again, in the cinema. You can visit our website, alltheanime.com. There you can get the latest information on our on our upcoming releases, already available releases. Heck, you can just buy a bunch of anime and add it to your collection as well. If you want to find us on social media, we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Simply search for All The Anime. That's All The Anime, one word. And uh, Andy, we might as well kick off today with some great news, because by the time everyone is hearing this, our latest early bird pre-order offer will be live, and it is for our upcoming release of Studio Trigger's first full-length feature film, Premiere. I am very excited about this. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm really uh, keen to, uh, to lift the lid on this one and see what people think of it, because, yeah, like, we we know that people are, if you'll excuse the, uh, the alliteration, like, burning hot for this film, um, and... Uh, uh, you know, we've we've had so so many questions basically ever since it's out in cinema. Like, when can I end this? When's the collector's edition? What's in the collector's edition? When can I have it? Please give it to me now. Um, and uh, as, sadly, as with all things, these things take time, but uh, it, it will be worth the wait. And uh, yeah, like I'm, I'm very very excited to be uh, to be around to kind of lift the lid on that and uh, and see people's reactions because uh, I like to think people are going to be pretty happy with this one. Indeed, you can pre-order that right now at our alltheanime.com online store. You can get all the details on the offer there. But to sort of break this down a bit, because we do actually want to put a bit of a focus on this. It's a bit of a mixed bag, this news, Andy, because in some ways the bad news to begin with is we've got to tell people that the actual release date of the product has had to go back a bit. But the reason for that is actually partly for a pretty damn cool reason, if I do say so myself. Yes, indeed. Like, it is, it is very much one of those cases where, you know, there were there were a few things to, to juggle there, and one of them was like, well, do we want to get this out as soon as possible? But on the other hand, there's something very cool that we can add to this release if we just take a little longer and, you know, give ourselves a, a bit more of a window to make this happen. And given 
how much people love this film and given how much we love this film, of course we went down the route of let's get the cool thing added to it. Indeed, and obviously it's worth factoring in as well that like gem- the, the way that productions of things are happening with the current state of, of everything, that also played a part into this. So that, that this isn't the only reason we should say, it is part of the reason. But when we weighed up everything, we did decide it would be best to wait. So, so let's just get to nitty gritty. First of all, the release date of Premiere on Blu-ray and DVD, there will be three versions. There is a Blu-ray collector's edition, a standard Blu-ray, and a standard DVD version. They will all be available from Monday, the 29th of June. That's about four weeks, excuse me, that's about four weeks later than we had originally intended. Now, again, partly due to the circumstances going on with everything, partly for the really, really cool reason. And some of you may have noticed that I specifically said a Blu-ray limited collector's edition. So let's elaborate. Originally, this was going to be a Blu-ray and DVD collector's edition set. If you look online for where you're pre-ordering it and such, that is currently how it is being advertised. That will be getting amended because the DVD disc will no longer be inside this set. But Andy, the really damn cool reason for that is that we got clearance to be able to include the official CD soundtrack of the film by Hiroyuki Sawano, who did Attack on Titan, Kill a Kill, Mobile Suit Gundam Unicorn, to name some, and that is going to be in our collector's edition release. That, if you ask me, is pretty damn cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, the soundtrack is, is a big part of this film, and yeah, as you mentioned, like, I mean, I, I am personally a big uh, a big fan of uh, Sawano Hiroyuki's work, so, uh, you know, any opportunity to own soundtracks of his is, is something that I'm, I'm always into on a personal level. And so, yeah, you know, it's uh, it was very much a case of, of let's, you know, get get all the cool things together into into a single collector's edition uh, and make this the, the best that it can possibly be. Like, obviously, that has meant sacrifice in the DVD. So if you are one of the people that wanted the collector's edition but are, are not yet uh, ensconced in the world of Blu-ray, then obviously apologies for that. But, uh, you know, at, at this point in time, the, the majority of, of the collector's edition market is on the Blu-ray side. So we felt like this was a, was a, a fair trade-off um, and kind of advantageous to, uh, to most people who we suspect will want that soundtrack indeed but it is not just the soundtrack you get in addition to the blu-ray disc everybody because inside the rigid case that this will come packed in there will also be a 52 page booklet that'll be packed with character and rescue gear profiles a look behind the scenes at particular elements of the film as well as interviews with hiroyuki emaishi the director kazuki nakashima who wrote the screenplay Shigeto Koyama, who did the character design, uh, design, excuse me, and Hiroyuki Sawano, who we just mentioned, did the music, as well as a gallery of promotional art as well. But as if that wasn't enough, everybody, there will also be a 128-page, yes, 128-page English script book that contains the entire script for the film in English that Studio Trigger themselves were directly involved in adapting. And because that wasn't even enough for us, because that's, that's the way we roll. There will also be a 34 by 40 centimeter poster included, and also Andy, because we like to try and throw something else pretty cool and random at the best of times. There will also be a Prome Polis decal sticker inside this package as well. That Andy is a loaded as heck collector's edition. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, again, one of the. The, the, the privileges that, that I get uh, kind of working in the role that I do is that I often get to proofread and, and check over these uh, booklets before uh, before they hit print. And I will tell you, the Premiere one is really good. Um, the, the interviews are fantastic. Like, if you manage to get, get to the... Um, the special event at Scott Loves Anime last year that had uh, had uh, Imaishi, uh, Koyama, etc. There, um, like you'll kind of know like how how great all of the the trigger guys are in terms of talking about their work. Like you know they're informative and entertaining in equal measure. And I think this booklet actually does a really good job of capturing that. Like it's very it's very honest. It's very kind of upfront about you know the production process and the ideas behind it um and it's it's a really good fun read as well so yeah like you know all, all of the artwork of course is is great um but yeah as someone who likes all the sort of behind the scenesy kind of you know background on, on production um all of the stuff in there is is awesome as well um and yeah like i, I feel like this is a really good something for everyone release because like yeah C- cd the booklet has a, has a good variety of stuff like as mentioned the script book is is going to be really fascinating uh the decal if you want something to slap on your laptop 
um, and uh, you know a, a poster as well if you want to kind of celebrate perhaps the fact that you got to see it in the cinema. So uh, yeah, lots of lots of really nice stuff in there. That uh, like I say, I, I I don't think we could have made a more comprehensive package for for this release if we tried. Indeed, but you know what, mate? We might as well just elaborate on what's going to be on the Blu-ray disc itself because we should make note of that. So on the disc. You will get, obviously, the film premiere with both English and original Japanese with English subtitles viewing options. Obviously, you get both languages. There will also be, as on-disc extras, an interview with director Hiroyuki Yamaishi. There is going to be a studio trigger roundtable. There will be a behind-the-scenes discussion with the English cast. And something which I know a lot of people have been wondering, so we're happy to be able to confirm this... There are two short films that were created, one called Side Gallo and one is Side Leo, and they will be included on our Blu-ray as extras with, in both English and original Japanese with subtitles, because we know that like elsewhere in the world, like in America, they, they were able to do another theatrical run of Premiere, and they were able to show those short films along with the along with the re-theatrical showings, if you will. But unfortunately, we never got the opportunity to do another theatrical run here in the UK, so they these were actually not originally shown in UK cinemas. So the fact we get to include them in our release, Andy, is something, on a personal level for me, I'm really happy about. Yes, yeah, again, yeah, like, I mean, com- completely selfish, personal opinion, like, I've not seen those yet, and I, and I want to watch them, so uh, it's, it's great that, that they are added and included, and, uh, yeah, like, as mentioned, you know, especially given uh, the current circumstances, but, you know, the, the opportunity to, to revisit a theatrical release for ourselves kind of never never came to pass, but, uh, yeah, you can enjoy the, the full premiere experience in your own home, and what, what could be better better than that? Exactly, and when it comes to the CD soundtrack, everybody, there is only one soundtrack out there, so it is all 21 tracks from it, for anyone wondering, we just wanted to make a note of that. But as we have said, this is... I sound like I'm just really tooting our own horn, Andy, and in some ways I am, but I'm also saying this from directly as a fan of anime as well. This is a loaded collector's edition set. There is so much to this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, anybody who would... If you were a fly on the wall in the anime limited office since kind of like... Well, since certainly Scott loves anime time last year, when you know, kind of we we got to, to sort of premiere premiere, we'll know that like basically everybody in the office is a big booster of that film and is a big fan of it and kind of loves everything about it. And so, you know, sometimes th- there are backs and back and forth in, in the office about like, ah, you know, what do we do the collector's edition? Like, you know, how popular is it going to be, etc. Like, there were no arguments. Everybody was just on board with making this as, as amazing as as humanly possible. And uh, it's been really nice that you know we've been able to get hold of all the the kind of material that we have to to, to do this. So you know we were, were treated to a, a comprehensive uh, amount of material to work with, and uh, we've we've hopefully done it all justice. Yeah, because when it comes to to any collector's edition release, just to sort of peek behind the curtain a little bit here. Obviously, when it comes to additional content that can be included, be it a physical item or on-disc content, it is subject to what materials simply are available. And the fact that there was this much material available for us to be able to include, Andy, is just really, really cool. And like we said, the fact that we're now able to include the CD soundtrack as well, if you ask me, that's the icing on the cake. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and what a delicious cake too. Yeah, I, personally, I'm, I'm a sponge fan. What about you? I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, sponges is, is good, 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 good with the old, uh, the old classics. I mean, there, there are, very, there are very few bad cakes. Let's, let's be honest. So, I'm trying to think of if I've ever had a. I'm sure I have had a bad cake, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you can have a very dry cake. Nobody wants a dry cake. Oh. I mean, the, I don't know where I was going to go. Because I was going to try and make a food analogy going back to Premier and pizza, but I failed miserably. So I'll just move on. So <laughs> I mean, folks, p- pizza, pizza is is like a, a cake in that it's usually round. There you go. That'll do. Sure. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's, it's Friday afternoon. This is the best we can do, folks. <laughs> it's been a long week, everybody. But folks, as we said. 29th of June. That is the date now that Premiere will be arriving. That is all the content of the collected edition set that we have just rounded up for you. And as mentioned, there will be standard Blu-ray and standard DVD versions available as well. And folks, you can pre-order it right now from our alltheanime.com online shop. Should make a note as well for anyone who perhaps want to order, wants to order elsewhere. This is not exclusive to our web shop. Obviously, if you would like to support us directly or order it from our online store, very much appreciated. And with the way things go, 
as soon as stock is available in as timely a manner as possible, given the way things currently are, we're going to endeavour to get these shipped out as quickly as possible because we are anticipating quite a high demand for this. But obviously, you will be able to order it from the likes of Amazon, Zavi, Base, Anime Online, HMV Online, and other retailers as well. Yeah, indeed. And, and as we noted, given the, the change from uh, a BD DVD combi to a, a Blu-ray Collector's Edition, you know, retailer listings will be updating on that in due course. So, like, don't be alarmed or confused if it's a little different from kind of the listing you see on our own store. It's just a question of how quickly that gets updated. There is only one Collector's Edition, and it is the, the one that we've just outlined. So, regardless of uh, where you order from, you will get the same thing. Exactly. And as I said, that's our special offer at our alltheanime.com online shop. But Andy, we've got another special offer that we should tell people about because we're, we were delighted to announce earlier this week that standard edition Blu-rays of Your Lion April are available to order now from our online shop. And we've got a special little offer, a special little offer, that's what I was trying to say, a little special offer to celebrate that fact. Yes, indeed. Yeah, so both uh, parts one and two of Your Lion April are, are now available to pre-order. Um, but uh, if you want to buy them both at once and why wouldn't you? Because, you know, you, you need if you watch the first half of Your Line April, you're going to need to watch the second half, trust me. Um, so if you want to buy them both, uh, you can get 20% off part two if you use the discount code in May at the checkout. See what we did there, folks? in May, And that special offer is good until this coming Tuesday, the 12th of May. So visit our alltheanime.com online shop for details on both the Your Lion April offer and the premiere special offer as well. Andy, let, let's talk about some stuff that we've been watching and whatnot, because, you know, it's Friday, we've had a lot going on, but we have still found some time to squeeze in a couple of opportunities to watch some things. So I guess I'll throw the ball to you, first of all, in the sense of asking, would you like to go first or second this time around when it comes to talking about what you've been watching? Uh, I'm going to throw the ball right back at you and go second this time, I think. Oh, well, there we go. <laughs> so this is this is carrying on from something that we discussed, but uh, must have been a... well probably the week it aired originally, so probably about five weeks ago now on the podcast, but I decided to leap back into the world of Sakura Wars. because, but Partly because I was just thinking, what else is there that I can catch up on? What else do I want to watch more of? I was, it, Weird as it sounds, with the amount of anime available to watch, Andy, I, I was in a little bit of a weird... A lull's the wrong word to use, but I was, I was in a way a little bit lost because there was so much to watch that it suddenly dawned on me how much, like me and you alone, t- and discussing it on this podcast, have actually talked about. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, it is a, it is a constant problem for me as well. Like, I mean, sometimes I think, like, you know, what, I'm going to watch something from, you know, my my physical collection, and then I stand in front of my physical collection for like half an hour and then can't decide because there's too much in it. It's uh, sometimes you can have too much choice. Exactly, and so then that's when I kind of then thought, you know what, what, what else did, have I, like, I actually went back and looked at, like, our podcast and whatnot, and just kind of looked at what else we had discussed, and it occurred to me that I'd not watched any more Sakura Wars since I talked about the first episode and how much I really enjoyed it, and I just thought, why haven't I watched any more of it? So I uh, loaded up the, the, the PS4 Funimation app, which seems to be running swimmingly for me at the moment, so I'm going to take advantage of that while I, while I can, because I had some issues with it recently when trying to watch Bofuri. And I marathoned through episodes two to five of Sakura Wars. Now, you'll recall, everybody, that this is... The series seemingly is set after the events of the game that was recently released here in the UK. So it's a little bit weird in terms of a time frame. And its presentation is more of a CG nature. But I've got to say, Andy, in like watching other stuff we've watched recently, like, like Get Sack on Netflix and a few other bits and bobs, I've got to say the CG presentation in this is really freaking good. I, I'm... I'm almost inclined to say it might be my favourite CG presentation of an anime that I've ever watched. Oh, that's pretty pretty high praise. Yeah, there's just something about it where... What's the way to put it? You know, sometimes you... It looks really, really good, and you don't sometimes notice it's CG, but then when a character starts moving, you suddenly think, oh, wait, that was a bit weird. Oh, is that CG? And that's when it kind of all starts rolling and you realise... But with Sakura Wars, it feels very fluid and very natural how they've managed to animate everything. Hmm, and obviously cool. there are moments where, you know, a character may look a certain way or there may be certain movements that are, you just can't help but quote-unquote notice it's CG. But pretty much overall, I think it is one of the best CG anime presentations that there is going out there. Hmm, interesting. And in terms of how the story has developed, you're, you might recall in episode one, they were setting up the fact that the... Uh, the, the team in Tokyo, the name has actually just totally escaped me. The Imperial Combat Review, that was it. The Tokyo team, if you will, they were 
they were sort of getting ready to do their latest show and whatnot, and then they got word from their superior that that their their equivalent team in Moscow had recently had like a bit of a of a big thing happen, kind of like an accident type thing, and only one person survived. That being a young girl by the name of Clara, and she was brought in to sort of be just taken care of by the Tokyo team, as I'll just refer to them because it's easier, and. Just getting integrated into the team, become part of it, try and help her out because she's got amnesia so she doesn't remember anything that's happened. And so following on from that and the big demon attack that happened at the end of episode one, episode two, in many ways, was actually a great episode for me to jump back in on because it pretty much was introducing every single character in the Tokyo team. (laughs) The whole idea was that, that, that Sakura was really trying to be like a family member for Clara because she had a dream that their superior, whose name escapes me, was saying, you know, we are a family. We need to make sure we, we, we all trust each other and we're as close together as we can as a family. So she took that that dream very much to heart and was determined to make Clara feel like she was part of the family. So she just started taking her on an entire tour of their big, like, complex, if you will, their theatre. You get a little bit of an introduction to each character. You get an idea as to what kind of personality they are. It's actually a very good in- introduction episode to the characters, which was uh, very, very handy, to say the least. <laughs> but, but at the same time... They integrated a couple of other elements because there was a there's, there was news doing the rounds in the city that there was a person in a white cape who had maybe like you know been attacking politicians for being dicks, for example, or you know they had saved someone from being you know mugged at gunpoint or similar. Just throwing out two random examples there, and obviously a little bit of well, you know, are they a good guy? Are they a bad guy? You know, what, how, how do we handle this? You know, do we handle this? And then this ultimately leads to the white-caped person then saving a young child from about to be beat up, but basically by a couple of shop owners because they stole a loaf of bread. But they were saved by the white-caped person. And there's a bit of a debate going on about that. And this leads around to... Ultimately, the Tokyo team having to fend off another demon, and they end up coming into contact with the white-caped person who ends up helping them. But... The white cape person, Andy, and I'm I'm not throwing out a spoiler here because you don't know for sure yet, but this looks very similar to a person who Sakura was trying to find earlier in the episode who suddenly appeared after the white cape person ran around the corner trying to escape. Mm. So I reckon that's who that is. Yeah. Episode, episode three, it threw a bit more of a curveball into the mix because at the end of episode two, what I would best describe as a giant floating fortress descended on Tokyo. <laughs> okay, that's, that seems quite important. <laughs> and this featured the the Moscow Combat Review, the team who we were led to believe were wiped out in this accident involving Clara. Mm. And that <laughs> this is going to lead me on to a very important question shortly. To sort of summarise briefly, but without trying to spoil too much here, it's not the exact same team by the sound of it, but it was it's like a new variation of that team. But the person who is in charge has seemingly got a bit of a background plan that he's trying to instigate. And this leads to a very interesting meeting inside the Tokyo Team HQ, where he's having some tea, and he literally asks the question, Andy, do you have any jam to go with my tea? I mean that that is that is a thing. I've never quite is that actually it. a thing having jam with tea because I don't drink yeah. hot drinks. I, I, I mean, I, I've definitely I, I've never had jam with tea myself, but I, there's definitely at least something I've seen in anime before. But yeah, I think I think it's kind of you know it, it is a thing. Like rather than having like sugar in your tea, it's kind of the same effect, only a bit fruitier. Um, so yeah, you can kind of have a, a, a fruity sweeter tea if you put jam in it. So I believe that is a thing that that, that is done. Because okay, so that's not just a thing created for, for the World of Sakura Wars, then. No, no, no. It did, it did exist be- before that, I believe. Okay, there you go. Re- real facts, everybody. There you go. <laughs> so, what this all leads to is an intense discussion between the captain of the new Moscow team and the captain of the Tokyo team. Basically just saying, no, we're not going to give Clara back to you because we were told to look after her. And then the Moscow team going, well, she's one of our team members. We should take her back. And then Tokyo team going, she doesn't even remember anything that happened. Why should we give her back to you just because you say? So there's a bit of a power play going on here. 
This leads into a few other sort of reveals happening in terms of the, the state of the Moscow team, and ultimately just how bloody powerful they are, because there's a giant mech battle at the end involving the Tokyo team, and what I would best describe as, in a polite way as possible, Andy, a, uh, a rip-off of Ridley Scott's Alien. <laughs> well, that's, that's no bad thing to rip off. <laughs> and basically, the Tokyo team are just... They're beaten quite handily due to a sort of lack of teamwork and a little bit of dissension among the ranks. And Team Moscow do the, d- help them out in quite a, a d- definitive way. <laughs> the fourth episode then leads to... Well, it, it's the fallout of what happened in episode three. So it's kind of like a, you know setting the stage, trying to clear the, the mind a little bit as to what the past is between a couple of the characters on the Tokyo team. But what what this also then reveals is that Clara seemingly has some kind of ability that might be causing the demons to show up, but at the same time, it's also something that can enhance people's powers or thoughts. So she is now becoming quite the anomaly in this, which then leads to episode five. And I appreciate I've just brushed over episode four, Something Fierce, because it, it... it's not a filler episode, but there really isn't much more to say about it. It's very much kind of a character development and a building thing. It's got some good character development in it as well, so it's worth yeah. noting. But for episode five, this then leads on to what I would best describe as the the ninja member of the Imperial Combat Review, Azami, determined to find out what Clara's secret is. Because while Sakura and Clara were off trying to clear the air with the other team member, who's a bit of a hothead... Azami was following them in secret and she saw the ability that Clara used. So she's now determined to try and find out the secret. And this leads to what I would I would very, very gr- just graciously describe as a lot of hijinks involving them trying to covertly follow Clara around the place. Mm. And it's just really, really good, innocent fun. And it leads to some really... Some might say, you know, cheap gags. I say actually quite funny gags because you get to understand the characters a bit more, their intentions. It is really just a bit of comical hijinks, which all then leads to a couple of teasers that the guy, that the captain of the new Moscow unit has got some kind of of plan he is ready to enact. But that's kind of all the tease you get in it. Which then, based on the next episode preview, sounds like it's really going to come to a head in episode six because there certainly seem to be some peril involved in that next episode preview. Yeah, yeah. So you, very you much calm before the storm. Yeah, you, you imagine it's got to be getting to the point where, uh, yeah, some some things have got to be laid down. So that would uh, that would make sense. Mm. And I appreciate I've sort of breezed to quite a lot of info there, but honestly. And again, my history with Sakura Wars is not that much. I, I remember seeing some of the original series, which I am actually going to go back and re- and watch all of at some point. It's on my watch list. And like, I, I remember checking out one of the games very, very early on, like a good decade or so ago. But I, I haven't played any of the games. I'm kind of jumping into this blind and I'm really, really enjoying it. Again, from a CG anime point of view, and I, I appreciate I'm probably one of... I'm someone who can very much accept CG anime as a pr- presentation style. I appreciate some people just can't stand it. But honestly, if you've got a subscription to Funimation, folks, or you want to sign up and give it a free trial, give Sakura Wars a watch, because I genuinely think this is one of the best CG presentations. And also, just the general look and feel of the entire thing is really freaking good. I love the fact that they have like their own personal mechs. It's, it's great, and the soundtrack is really, really good as well. Just a really, really feel... It just feels really good to watch, and I'm really enjoying it. Cool, awesome. I mean, the the, the biggest struggle I'm having right now is to hear somebody using the the name Clara in an anime sense without me shouting tequila afterwards every time. <laughs> um, on a postcard, if you remember what anime that's from. Um, but uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sounds uh, sounds like a, a good time. I, I've seen people kind of uh, posting up quite a bit about the the latest game as well. So like, people people seem to be kind of in on on Sakura Wars again at the moment. Yeah, I mean, when I'm eventually through with Final Fantasy VII Remake, I'll probably end up getting the Sakura Wars game just because I it is on my list, but I know if I put down FF7 now, I'll probably ruin my enjoyment of it later on. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm more generally in a weird place where like I have a bunch of video games that I kind of want to play and, and just never quite find time to have like a really good session where I can sit down and, and play something. And then something else comes along and then you're suddenly playing Splatoon 2 for hours on end. But that's a whole other story. 
so, so yeah, folks, Sakura Wars, give it a check out on Funimation now. It's, it's, it's definitely worth a shot. And also, there's just, in general, like, forgive me for sounding quite blunt when I say this, if the PS4 app is now actually working well, in general, for other people, it might be a time to try and dive in if you've got a PS4 and you want to try and watch it on that. Yeah, yeah, that is good news because I know I know a fair few people personally who have been having struggles with that. So uh, I, I've not heard them mention it for a while. So yeah, maybe maybe all is well in that world now. So Andy, I'm going to throw the ball back to you now across the way we're recording this remotely. And what have you been watching? What's your pick for today? Uh, yeah, so uh, I mean, I guess again, going a little bit uh, a little bit through the the looking glass here and, and kind of uh, letting daylight in upon magic, as it were. So. Um, as, as we've kind of mentioned in the past and kind of reinforced quite recently, we will later this year be releasing the Gundam Double O movie, Awakening of the Trailblazer, uh, which also comes with uh, a set of uh, movies slash OVA slash call them what you will uh, that are basically recaps of Gundam Double O. Um, which uh, I, I have taken to calling Gundam Double O for lazy people because as somebody who is too lazy to watch all of Gundam Double O at the moment, I was really taken with the idea of like, ah, okay, that might be a good way for me to watch that rather than kind of churning through all 52 episodes when I have so much other stuff to, to do and watch. Um, and so we, we've uh, received our first set of, of check discs for uh, for QCing of uh, of this title. So I thought, well, the, the time is ripe to... Uh, <laughs> to ensconce myself in the, the world of, of Gundam Double O. And so I've watched the, the first Gundam Double O special edition, which is, as I understand it, effectively a recap of the first season of Gundam Double O, uh, but kind of uh, stripped down to, it's a little bit shy of 100 minutes. It's like about one hour 40. Okay. Uh, which is, uh, yeah, which, like, that's, when you think about it in kind of overall terms, like, that is stripping a lot out of that series. Like, this is very much a highlight reel of Gundam Double O. Um, and I'd probably say it's very much a highlight reel of kind of the big robot fights, effectively. Like, I think, I, I suspect if you're a fan of Gundam, you probably broadly come down in, like, in one of two ways. Like, you're either in it for the big robots and the big kind of space battles or, or whatever kind of you know whatever kind of conflict is ensuing or you're in it for kind of the the political grandstanding and all the kind of world building and stuff around it and i'm sure there are people who are kind of like in between those two camps um but i feel like this this first special edition is very much on the side of the like hey look at these big robots fighting and kind of you know the the, the characters who pilot them because it is very much kind of a it, it's 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 one of those recaps where it's pretty obvious that that you're missing elements to it. Like it, it tries its best to kind of like narrate its way through that stuff. And so, you know, you can kind of keep tabs on the story, but I do feel like there's a, a, quite a lot of subtlety and nuance that I'd probably enjoy if I actually watched the entire TV series. So it is in a weird sort of way, almost a, a kind of an encouragement of like, I should probably go and like actually n not be a lazy person and actually watch the entire series as well, because there is a, th there is a lot to, to discover and a lot to unpack. Because, I mean, Gundam Double has a, a really interesting world and premise to it. Yeah, definitely. And when it comes to all three of these special edition films, admittedly, I've not seen them, but from what I... From what I remember being told before, I think the first film is specifically a season one recap, and then I'm assuming mm. films two and three are, are the second season split in two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly makes sense in terms of yeah, the timing and, and what happens and the events at the end of this first special edition felt very much like, you know, e either close to or at the end of, of a, a season of something. So, uh, yeah, I can. That, that certainly adds up. Yeah, and I, I guess then, so from, from your experience then, as someone who has gone into this not having seen the series before, how was it for you as an experience? Yeah, I think it was fine. Like, I mean, I, I think there, there is definitely, if you have the time and the inclination, like, I suspect the best way to consume this is kind of in the full fat Gundam Double TV series. But I think if you just want to kind of, you know, taste the, the highlights of it and kind of, you know, see the broad strokes panning out then i think there's uh, there's certainly plenty for you here um and it'll certainly kind of do the job uh, the, the the thing that i really like i can't stop thinking about like having watched this film is just how i can't stop comparing gundam double o to code gas like i mean i know they're both sunrise productions but like i was expecting to find more obvious links in kind of like the the staff and like direction and writing than i did because, uh, like, it, this feels very much almost like it's, you know, cut from the same cloth as Kid Guess, which is maybe very much like a product of its time. I mean, you know, there's 
you know, Gundam 00 starts, or, or certainly this special edition starts with, you know, kind of talk of terrorism and infidels, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it feels very much like a post-9-11 kind of TV series. And I think a similar way to kind of, you know, Code Guest does as, as well to a certain extent. Like, it has a, it has a, a sort of a different a, a worldview that is kind of, it's still relevant now, but it's kind of like of, of, of that specific period of time. But I think the, the, the way, you know, the, for, for people who aren't aware, Gundam Double kind of effectively revolves around a group called Celestial Being who have decided to go to war to end all wars, effectively. So if you're if you're starting any kind of conflict or involved in it, then, you know, they're going to come and, and take you out with force, which is hypocritical, as is kind of mentioned right up front in this. Like, this is, this is a series that is very self-aware that, like, the main organisation it follows has, like, a deeply hypocritical way of going about its business. Um, but I know there's. I think even that core concept is very much sits in a similar vein to Go Guess, where you're kind of like fighting against the status quo and trying to kind of upset that apple cart in, in a massive way via a kind of like you know a sort of a, an act of sort of guerrilla warfare, effectively. And, and I think that that side of things, like I, I absolutely adore Code Guess, and so I I very much kind of glommed onto that side of Gundam Double O as kind of like hitting some of those same notes, at least in terms of its sort of broad narrative and kind of elements of, of how that pans out. Um, but then, of course, as it goes on, it becomes more and more of kind of a Gundam series. And, you know, you start to you start to see the various kind of characters and, and machinations come in that sort of, you know, feels like a, a very much an, an independent from kind of, you know, the, the big timelines Gundam series, but a Gundam series nonetheless. Yeah, one of the great things about Gundam 00 is the way that, in terms of watching the series, is like you said, it's a very self-aware series in terms of what Celestial Being is, and there are just always, there are loads, again, I haven't seen the film, so I don't know exactly how much is included from that sense, but in the series, there are constant discussions of, why are they attacking us? (laughs) Yeah. What have we, we're trying to defend ourselves, and yet you guys are like going against us now and then it's like the reason for it it's always kind of questioning what is celestial beings like true motive that's always a big part of it and the way as well that the actual cast of characters in celestial being themselves the gundam pilots they're really really different and that's what lends itself really well to everyone having their own personal ideals but for the one same goal and common cause which is a very unique thing to be able to pull off well and they do it very well in this yeah, yeah, and I mean, it becomes particularly interesting, you know, like some of the, the characters who, as you say, you know, they're kind of comrades in this situation, but actually as they learn about one another and are kind of like their their backstories and real names, which are kind of like, you know, hidden by default, like it turns out that actually, you know, there is sort of conflicts between those people who share a current a current common goal, and it's kind of, you know, how those characters deal with that, which is, can be, be pretty interesting. Like this is this is definitely a series that has some really good kind of like mic drop sort of cliffhangery moments, which oh, again it's so like so good, mate. It's so good. Yeah, which again, like in, in the confines of a movie, it's kind of it's it doesn't have quite as much time to luxuriate in those because you get the cliffhanger and then you kind of move straight on. But there are still some great kind of like jaw dropping, like, oh god, like big reveal moments that are the, that are all handled really well. Mm. And I guess I should ask actually just Partly for clarity and partly just because I'm, I want to make sure I'm not going crazy. Those special edition films are subtitle only, correct? That is correct. Yeah, it is just Japanese stereo audio with uh, with English subtitles. So uh, yeah, no no English dub for these. Yeah, and and the main reason for that, people, is that the whole series has been dubbed. So it, it, there was something that were released in Japan. The fact we could actually include them in our release of the Gundam Double O movie, it was like you know what. It'd be cool if we could include them. So that is how we're able to do that. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. So I guess I should ask, Andy, from that sense then, given you've now watched this first film, I mean, effectively, you've watched season one now, effectively. <laughs> yes, yeah. So when it comes to, like, the second season, or movies two and three, are you now just going to pick up with season two specifically, or are you going to actually just try and watch it all in film form? Uh, I mean, I'm probably just going to watch them all in, in film form at this point and then kind of see see what happens from there. Like, A, because, you know, I, I want to check these discs and B, because, yeah, like now now I've started down that path, it kind of feels sensible to to continue down it. Um, but, yeah, like it definitely, there, there is definitely a seed 
sorry, that's another Gundam series. Uh, there's definitely a seed <laughs> planted in my head um, about kind of like maybe going back and watching the TV series at some point because yeah, like there's definitely it's definitely as as well as it works standalone. Like you know, you, you can feel when it's having to skip and kind of gloss over things that would probably actually be really interesting just simply because, you know, you can't have like a, a 12 hour movie. So, you know, cause that would defeat the whole point. So, uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm certainly of, of a mind that I may go back and watch the, the thing in, in its entirety and, and like properly quote unquote at some point. But uh, yeah, like it's a good, it, it's a good starting point. It's a good kind of pricey for it. And, you know, at least, at least now I know a little more about what Gundam 00 is about. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's a series that I've been aware of by name and by some of the character names, because this has some real good Gundam names in it. Oh, well, um, hallelujah, haptism. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, like, goes <laughs> full bore down the kind of, like, ridiculous Gundam naming scheme. Um, it also... I'm trying to think, what other names are there? There's, uh, there's Setsuna FCA, I think it is. Yeah, which... Yeah, I mean, it's saying something when that's probably like one of the more kind of like you know low key names in it. That's just like, ah, oh, well, you know, that's 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 a decent name, but it's not the the most crazy name ever. But then, <laughs> that's yeah, a like you know, name. <laughs> it's just yeah, it's just like once you you get into the the, the weeds of the rest of the cast, then uh, then you start to you start to see the the, the sheer the sheer joy of uh, of what Mobosic Gundam is uh, is doing. Lock on Stratos. I mean, how can we forget the name Lock on Stratos as a as a Gundam? Yeah, fair man. point. Yeah, but it's interesting what you're saying about sort of the whole feel of the show, very much like Code Geass, because I'm trying to I can't remember exactly when it first aired off the top of my head, but it is like you say, kind of of that time, so it does feel very similar to that. But for me, I think one of the great things about Gundam Double O, which is something that I'm not sure if it's honestly talked about too much because while Gundam 00 is an older show or I say older show but in, in, in terms of like today's anime like you know it's an older series not there are some people out there who just won't go back and watch older stuff but in terms of the pedigree involved in the show like it's directed by Seiji Mizushima who was the director of the original Fullmetal Alchemist yes yeah in, indeed it was so yeah so I mean um, basically like um, Code Guess was like Late 2006 and Gundam Double was 2007 in terms of Japanese broadcast. Oh wow! Broadcast. So pretty much on top of each other. So so yeah, they very much kind of sit within the the same time frame. They're literally kind of like a year apart. In fact, so October 2007 was when Double O first uh, first started airing. So uh, so yeah, they're very much from that exact same period of time. But it's kind of one of those things where like, had you given this to me kind of blind without knowing who the directors or writers were, I would have guessed that one of the one of them would have been the same between those two series. Because even like even the way battles and things are kind of depicted within Gundam Double O feels a lot like Go Guess. Like even the choice of kind of shots and angles. Mm. I mean I I suspect they're probably close enough that they're maybe not even kind of all that directly influenced. I mean maybe perhaps it's just simply in terms of like particular key animators and animation directors that you know maybe that's where the crossover is um but like there's definitely you know a feel even the way kind of the the Gundams in this move they have that sort of similar kind of uh, almost like Votoms inspired kind of like ground based movement that you also see in Code Gas and uh, so yeah like it was really it was really fascinating just kind of watching that and and you know maybe trying to pick apart the the threads that that bonds those two series together given that they, they don't share a, a director or, or a writer mm. and the other thing i do want to ask you like obviously you mentioned it feels very similar to kogias from from watching experience and whatnot but in terms of just how it comes across visually what do you think because on a personal level i think it is one of the best looking gundam series it's so good and so precise in what it wants to put across yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got a really good style to it. Like, I mean, the, the character designs are, are all really great, and there's kind of there's a good variance across the kind of character designs. You know, you can very quickly and easily tell who's who. Like, the Gundams look cool. Like, they're maybe not like the most amazing looking Gundams in any series, but they're definitely up kind of like you know high tier in terms of just just looking really good. But yeah, like I think I think the thing that this probably pulls off the best is kind of actually like the grand mobility of the mechs like i think uh gundam series have been pretty good with it for the most part but like there's something about this about gundam double in particular where they just feel really slick and fast like there's there's a real good feeling of kind of speed and motion and weight to them when they're kind of you know in in grand base battles because you know a lot of a lot of gundam either ends up kind of in the air or in space or it's kind of you know a, a sort of 
a slightly slower paced kind of grand battle. And again, I think that's where the, some of the code guest comparisons come from come from for me because like the, the nightmare frames in, in code guess are also very much kind of uh, in, in the starting point anyway are kind of very much ground based and it's about kind of speed of ground movement becomes a, a really important thing until they decide to make them all start flying and stuff um and so yeah like that that side of things i, I really liked like the the, the battles the action scenes have a real weight to them. Like, you know, they, they feel like big robots, you know, smashing each other around, which is, is always pleasing to see. Yeah, so like we say, folks, the special edition films are going to be included in our eventual release of the Gundam 00 movie, Awakening of the Trailblazer. But if you want to check out the series ahead of when we can announce details of the film, which, again, peek behind the curtain here, folks. We're hoping we can talk more about our release of the movie soon, but realistically, Andy, we haven't got a time frame at this point for when we can talk about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like as, as is clear from the fact that I'm watching it kind of on the disc front, we're, we're ready to go, but obviously there are a lot of other considerations around kind of, you know, packaging and making a nice collector's edition that, that you know, collects all the things that, that you might want and all the things that we can, you know, get our hands on. So that's kind of the side of things that we're working hard on at the moment is just uh, actually designing our, our collector's edition and, and, you know, making that uh, as good as it can be. Indeed, but if you want to check out the series, though, both parts one and two, that being season one and season two, are available to order on Blu-ray now, and they they can be ordered right from our alltheanime.com online shop. And yep. I guess on the Gundam front as well, Andy, we should also make mention it. In case anyone's not aware, while we are obviously working on our release of the Gundam 00 movie, another Gundam title that will be coming out in the near future, and we're hoping we'll give you to have some details to share about this soon, please stay tuned for info, is Iron-Blooded Orphans. That is another series that we are going to be releasing on Blu-ray this year. Yes, yeah, and that, that is another Gundam series that, that I'm actually really keen to, to watch myself because I didn't really get around to it when it, uh, when it aired because, yeah, like, you know, it's a... Uh, it's a Gundam series written by Maria Kada, who you know I, I have uh, a lot of time for in terms of her, her writing ability, and I, I'm really interested to see what uh, what she is capable of, of doing within a Gundam universe. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited that we're uh, that that is is kind of coming up fast on our docket as well. Indeed, for those who perhaps recognise the name Mario Kada, director of Macquia, and also if I remember correctly, Andy wrote Kiz Naiba. Uh, yeah, indeed. Also, Anthem of the Heart, another personal favourite of both of ours. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, like many, many, many other things, most of which are, are pretty damn good. So, also, uh, Anno Hannah, she was heavily involved in as well, I yes, think you recall. Yep, yep. She's a writer on, on Anno Hannah as well. So, uh, so yeah, like, you know, she she did the, the screenwriting for, for Toradora, which is one of my kind of favourite light novel adaptations. Yeah, she, she has a lot of very impressive credits to, to her name. And I, I feel like Iron Blooded Orphans. Uh, I, I hear so many good things about it and so many people asking about it. It definitely seems to be a, another Gundam series that people are, are very much into. Yeah, definitely. I, I think I... I haven't seen all of it by any means, but I think I managed to watch like the first eight to ten episodes as it was airing, and it's really damn good. So I'm looking forward for us actually releasing it. And if anything, that's probably when I'm going to end up watching all of it, just because it's kind of just far easier to do it in that way. Yeah, for sure. Another thing I will quickly mention when it comes to our Gundam 00 Part 1 and 2 releases, folks, if you're someone that does like to watch Gundam or just anime in general dubbed, the, dun the, the Dungam? That's not what I was going to say. <laughs> the Gundam 00 series is dubbed and subtitled. So there is an English dub with the series, and that dub is included on our releases. Yeah, yeah. I, I, this is definitely one of those ones where, yeah, I've, I've heard people saying good things about the dub. So, uh, yeah. It it's a like good it. dub. That's how, I, that's how I've been watching it. Yeah, seems like a good way to, to check it out. And also, like, a final couple of things on Gundam 00 is also soundtrack by Kenji Kawai of uh, Ghost in the Shell and, again, Makia fame. Um, like, it's a, it's a really good soundtrack that is uh, is, is really interestingly varied. Like, it, it, it does a lot so of different diverse. things. Yeah, it does a lot of different things and does them all really well. Um, and also, Gundam 00 has space elevators in it, and I'm a big sucker for space elevators. <laughs> I, 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 like, I like a space elevator in my anime. Yeah, and the whole space elevator concept in Double O is a massive part of the story as well. It's a very intrinsic part. It's not just there for show. Yeah, yeah, like it's it's basically kind of like the the, the big intro is very much like that's, that's what got me excited right off the get go because like after sort of the the intro to kind of like Setsuna's character, it goes straight into like. By the way, there are space elevators here, and I'm just like rubbing my hands and they're like, "Good, I love a space elevator." <laughs> but that's just me. So now we know what we know. What, we know what. Try again. We now know what is like catnip to you, then. 
to space yeah. elevators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My, my favorite space elevator while we're on this subject is still the, the one from the um, certain magical index movie where they basically kind of go back because it doesn't exist in like the TV series. And then the whole point of the movie is they're building a space elevator. So they basically like they go through a bunch of kind of like pivotal scenes from the index TV series, retcon in the space elevator, and then make a joke about how the main character has never noticed it being built before. Uh, and it's just a really good like in joke of like, what do you mean you didn't see the space elevator? It was, it was here being built all along. Like, what, are you blind? And it's just a really funny joke where they've just taken a bunch of scenes and just like CG the space elevator into the background. And I can appreciate like, if, if you're going to retcon something in your anime, just like, just, just, Go all in on it like that and just just make it into a joke. I would love to know if when people saw that film in Japan, they were having like existential crisis because they suddenly thought, there wasn't a space elevator there, was there? Yeah, they yeah. To, like, go back and watch just to make sure. <laughs> yeah, for, for sure. So there we go, folks. I think we're going to just about wrap it up there for today, but thank you very much for listening and we hope you enjoyed yourselves. As mentioned, you can visit our alltheanime.com online store today to pre-order our release of Premiere and you can get all the details on the special offer there as well, along with the details of the Your Lion April special offer, which is good until this coming Tuesday. Andy, before we wrap up, anything else you want to make note of at all? Anything at all? But before we uh, get out of here and get to our weekend, I suppose... Uh, no, no. I mean, I think, yeah, as, as mentioned, like, uh, get, go check out our Premier Collector's Edition. Um, go check out Your Line April if you haven't watched that before. Um, but if you do order our Your Line April, please do ensure that you have sufficient tissues in your home because you will require them. Is it okay? I'm going to be, I'll just be upfront. I've not seen Your Line April, but I have been told it is quite the emotional gut punch at the best of times. Yeah, like it's it's one of those series that it's you know the, the old cliches. It'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. And like it's definitely one of those. Like there's a lot of really good, strong, enjoyable comedy to it. Like it's not a kind of relentless depression fest or anything. Like it's a really good, fun story. But there is a, a heart to it that that kind of comes comes out the deeper you get into that series. That is kind of monumentally sad. And it, it just the final episode of that. Like I remember watching it streaming and like you know. It, uh, the, the tears were also streaming as well as the episode for like 20 minutes straight so uh so yeah it it gets emotional the bit rate of your tears was high yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> uh well folks again thank you very much for listening i hope you enjoyed the podcast all going well we should be back on tuesday so we'll be talking about more stuff then no doubt what we've been watching over the weekend may even be some more news to share as well who knows but from myself, Jeremy Graves, from him, Andy Hanley, we've been Team All the Anime, signing out, and have a nice weekend. Bye, everyone.